Welcome to video game bullshit. This is Jeffrey Wittenhagen. I'm an author of multiple gaming books, including collector's guides for both the Nintendo and Super Nintendo. I'm a huge fan of action RPGs like The Legend of Zelda and obscure systems like the Neo Geo and TurboGrafx-16. And we've got God. Hey, hey. I'm big into uh, no death runs, high score runs, uh, collector of all things, vintage and retro. Uh, pretty much anything video game related. I also collect figures, vinyl, VHS, tap handles, old beer signs, and old beer steins. Please call our number, leave a voicemail or a text message at 262-264-VGBS. I do have a couple other cool stories. Um, so there was these guys at the convention walking around that were Japanese. And they had a translator with them. Oh, wow. Because they spoke no English. Damn. Yeah, so they're going around, and, you know, she's translating for them. So later on, one of the dudes comes up to my table by himself. Doesn't speak any English. And he's looking through my, my books. And I'm just trying to talk, and he's like, uh, don't speak. Or he's putting up his hand like he doesn't speak English. And then I, so I just started flipping in my 91 book to the Famicom games. I showed him Spartan Hell X2. Yeah. I showed him Wild West at Famicom. <laughs> and he's like, oh, yes. <laughs> so he said he was like so happy. And cool. and I, I looked up and I saw he had two Famicom cartridge pins on his hat. Oh, shit. And, and I showed him. I was like, Famicom. And he's like, holy crap. He took off his hat and gave me the pins. Oh, shit. What were they? So I have them. It's like a yellow and a Blue Famicom cartridge pins. They're awesome. Like, I've never seen them. They're from Japan. Japanese people are cool like that, man. So, he wanted my, um, he wanted all my books. <laughs> all three. And my 91 book actually was signed by Philo. So, I was like, fuck. Because that was the proof it wasn't the printed one, which I actually have now. But, um, yeah, it was just the proof. So, I was like, uh, can't give you that one, but the other two. And he's like, okay. And he gave me, pulls out cash. Oh, shit. So he got both of my books. I signed them for him. Um, I give him a discount because he gave me freaking pins. And yeah. then to put icing on the cap, our favorite game show, a TV show of all time, Game Center CX, right? Mm -hmm. 
He pulls out his business card and gives it to me a Reno style. Oh, yeah. So what did I do? I gave him my business card a Reno style. We both did the bow. It was classic. Yes. I was like, oh, my God. That's a BGBS story <laughs> in itself. It was awesome, dude. Yes, that's, so, how, that's how it is. Yeah, it's for real. Dude, like, I love that. That was super nostalgia. I was like, oh, my God. That is a badass story because he spoke no English. It's respect, too, that got you that sale as well. Like, Yeah. Once you like got him and into a like emotionally invested, it was like cool. And like talking with Doc Mac later, he said that those guys come around every year or so to his arcade and spend like a week out there. And they run an arcade in Japan based on Galloping Ghosts. So they're like arcade dudes. Like they are gamers. So it's super cool that those guys will have my books in their arcade potentially or you just kept their first collection either way badass Tra- traversing the pond man the famicom that's the way you got him like hey it's like oh now i understand i have everything yes. now <laughs> i see the lights yeah and the thing was the games i showed him that connected were in the 91 book and he really wanted that even if you don't read it's just great for the art oh it's even my goal with that series was you just open it and you get you just you know popped in the face with nostalgia and it works. Works every time. It's great. And I've added a lot more of those Diginos and Pro Tips to the final version that wasn't in that proof that you saw. So many more little treats. I added 30 of them since that proof. Like, I was like, yeah, I need to add more because that was the one thing one of the guys I chatted with um, that supported me over at Replays. Like, dude, you need more of those. Those are amazing. So, modify. Modify and overcome. Growing. So, so the final story of the night um i did my 90s nostalgia panel so that'd be the vgbs panel i brought mr um brian colin with me made a little joke at the beginning because uh richie knuckles on the arcade panel brian was there watching it too and he called him colin just colin not like brian colin but it's brian colin so I made a joke at the beginning of the panel saying, hey, is Colin here with me? And Richie was in the back and he wasn't paying attention. Oh. <laughs> Talking smack. That's the, the General Chaos guy, right? Yeah, so Brian did um, Rampage, General Chaos. He did, I think it's Pigskin Panic, I think is what it was, the football game. And Arch Rivals. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he did Rampage World Tour. So he did, like, all the art for those, art direction and kind of, like, developmental stuff. He didn't necessarily, he didn't program the games, but he mm-hmm. kind of led the projects with the art direction and story and stuff like that. It's super cool, dude. Um, yeah, very nice. The thing that was crazy is through the panel, and you're, and people will notice it on the, the podcast episode, is that he didn't really play, his and play games. So I was asking him questions, and he was kind of like, well, uh, I don't really play them. <laughs> I was like, that's interesting how he got into it, because he thought it was like an art thing, and it ended up being a video game art thing. Mm-hmm. He's like, ah, but it's a pain job. <laughs> and then he got super into it. It's like the Philo thing. Yeah. So he got into it through the, the art. Yeah, and he, he got into it like games after that, but like he wasn't into it at the beginning. So I was asking him some of the, the like what game... Um, influenced you or what game changed your life type thing. And so so there was the thing that was crazy, okay? So I got there to the panel, and I was like, a, we were like a minute or two early, 
And before us was Billy Mitchell, Walter Day, Richie Knuckles. And they were telling stories. They went 20 minutes into my panel <laughs> telling stories. And at the end, they're like, Walter was like, oh, sorry about that. I'm like, dude, I'm not going to be the guy to pull Walter Day off the fucking panel. That's, that'd be crazy. <laughs> they were going over those classic, though. They were just telling the classic Billy Mitchell stories and Walter Day stories. And... You still went like an hour, though, didn't you? Oh, absolutely. Because <laughs> the recording looks like an hour when you said Yeah. So... I still, we still went over too. Like it all ended up getting pushed over ourselves. But um, so that room was full, just like our panel was. And as soon as they left, like the whole crowd thinned out. But what was crazy was, is there was about probably twelve to twenty people left, and they were all console gamers, not an arcade gamer in the group. So that was insane, because cause I asked the question at the beginning, I'm like, well, so who here's, you know, played some of the classic arcades back in the day, and, like, two hands went up, and I'm like, hmm, because I had, we had, we wrote arcade questions for our, our some of our questions, so I'm like, well, shit, one guy said he only played Super Nintendo. <laughs> he was there to hear about my Super Nintendo book. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I, I started, like, we went over Brian's games and stuff, and then I kind of transitioned into like personal stories about 90s consoles and stuff because i was like well i can't you know we talk about brian make sure he gets his you know his spotlight and then i'll make sure at the end i made sure at the end i circled back to find out what projects he's doing but i was like i want to pick these gamers brains because they were telling some awesome stories during that um i'm not sure how well that's going to pick up on the um the recording because i literally walked across the room but i used the microphone so hopefully you could hear it the level eighter should help. I was messing with it today. It yeah, helps a little bit. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting. Plus, once you once you address it, it, you like figure out what it is. The question, like a lot of times, you'll re-mention it, or it just you figure it out. Well, like like I had my phone sitting on the table recording, and then I got up and went halfway down the room and was talking to people with the microphone. So it'll be interesting to see how that picks up. I said I'm talking to the microphone, and I was talking to the microphone, so it should hopefully pick up. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, some people were telling some awesome stories, too. And I was I was uh, drinking coffee and whiskey at the time, so, yeah. <laughs> and Brian was drinking beer the whole time. He had a coffee cup filled with beer. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. So, yeah, we were chatting, though. It was a really cool panel. Again, though, another industry, like, legend. Like he, And he just lives in Chicagoland. Dude was really cool. Um... And down to earth, like, it's like the shit that we come across in VGBS is so fun. Yeah, because General Chaos is like one of my favorite games ever. Well, we used to fucking play it. I only played it with you. Like, this was literally one of your favorite games. Like, we used to, because I remember because you do like the whole um, attack mode after you're doing the, the strat part. Yeah, I, I just like the like super deformed type, you know, like, games like your Kunio Kun stuff and all that. It's like weird. Well, I mean, I used to love renting Rampage back in the day on the NES. And, uh, yeah, like your Mutant League, those are great, too. Yeah. Just weird shit, but uh, fun and not serious. Kind of like not taking yourself seriously, games. Yeah. Yeah, so that's awesome. Super fun, though. But, yeah, it was crazy. And then after that panel, um, I went with the um, Reaction Dudes and... Rob and the guys running the convention, this comedian dude who's involved in the pinball scene. He was hilarious. He had like like different uh, impersonations that he was doing of people. We'd just name a person and he'd start 
telling jokes and shit. It was funny. But what was crazy, though, is so I sold those books or whatever, and I go to, after the panel, um, I go to the table, I'm talking with people, um, and I went out to the restroom, and I'm coming out, and I hear these guys saying, yeah, there's this guy who did this Super Nintendo book, and I couldn't have seen him all day, he's never been at the table, I'm like, yeah, and I, I just said it out loud, yeah, that jerk might be walking right in front of you right now. <laughs> 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 they were like, oh, shit, they give high five, and you're chatting about Super NES. Um, it was funny because it was like I I went to panels I did shit all day like I mean there wasn't that many people there so I mean they're gonna find me they're gonna find me and yeah we still chatted they um they got my business cards and all that so they'll go online um but like it was crazy right before I went to lunch or dinner I mean because we had another stuffed pizza <laughs> um I went to cover up the table and this lady runs over and she's like oh, are you packing up I need to buy books from you. <laughs> and like I was like, holy shit, all right, cool. So we start chatting, and she's a gym teacher, but she runs a retro video game club at her school. Weird. So she has them all playing, like, classic Nintendo and Super Nintendo. And uh, and I was like, that's fucking amazing. And she had her, like, five-year-old son there, and they were playing arcade games and shit. And so she bought both both of my books that I had for sale because I wasn't selling the 91 book yet. Um, and I went to cover it up, and we went to eat. And I was drinking old fashions out there. Come back, and it was almost midnight. And she's still there playing with her son. I was like, "Holy shit, that's amazing!" Damn, wow. That's how you raise a kid, right there. Exactly. <laughs> that's how I do it. And we we literally had the arcade to ourselves, though. There was five people. You might as well take advantage of it till they turn off the lights on your ass. What was hilarious though is like you know on um, Friday there was guys like, "All right, it's time to go." Um, nobody did that on Saturday. Really. Like, we basically, like, it was me and um, Walter, <laughs> and we were playing arcades, and it was, like, quarter after, almost 12.30, and we look, and we're like, nobody here but us, and nobody here to turn off anything. <laughs> so I'm playing in the arcade with Walter Day till 12.30 at night. <laughs> like, who does that shit? <laughs> That's awesome, too. That's a good way to, like, cap off the Saturday. Oh, it was amazing. And, like, the reaction guys were already up sleeping in the room or something, because basically they hooked me up with a room, so I had an extra bed. And I was like, well, dude, you guys can chill. Rack with me. The, the funny thing was is if if I didn't have anybody in there, um, Joel West, classic from Chasing Ghosts, he asked me if if, uh, if nobody was there, Billy Mitchell was going to stay in my room. Yes. That would have been a story. Yeah. <laughs> Bunking with Billy. Hell yeah. But if anybody else would have been in there, he would have done it. So I was like, well, I do have these guys, and they've been drinking, and they don't pl- they're not planning on going home tonight. They were initially, but now they're not. He's like, okay, no problem. So, yeah, Billy Mitchell story. That would have been awesome. But actually, I was chatting with him um in the evening on Saturday, just about kids and stuff, because, like, he wasn't there on Friday. You didn't see him because he was at his son's football game. Like, he doesn't miss anything, any of, their, any of his kids' events. He goes to those. doesn't matter what it is. So he basically took a red-eye flight in the morning to get to the convention in time. Good papa. Yeah, I was like... Good daddy. And I told him, I was like, that's the same shit I'm going to do with my little one, is make sure I go to all her stuff, because it's amazing. Like, tomorrow I'm going to pick up London from school because it's her first week of school yes pick her up from school and we're gonna go go out for a treat or something if she's been good <laughs> the good old days yeah she's loving school 
school is awesome in the beginning. The funny thing is I ask her what she's doing. She's like, everything. She won't tell me specifically because she's like in awe of everything. It's like us when we're at a convention. We're like in awe of everything and we don't remember specifics till we think back on it later. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that freaking Saturday was fun as shit. And that's the thing, though. It doesn't matter that there was only a few people there. It was fun. I sold more books there than I did at the previous convention. And I mean, I focused just on the books this time. But I sold more books there just because there was passionate people there and they were fun. You know what I mean? Like a good group of people. Yeah, I noticed that too. Yeah, and everybody's having a great time. So, I mean, if... Rob was there to have everybody have a good time, then he should be very proud of what he put on. Um, monetarily, he probably did not make money. He probably lost money. A lot of money. Mm, probably. Because you got to assume, like, when we were there at the bar on Friday, the bartender said that they expected a bigger crowd because they hired extra people. And if the they're hiring extra people, that's probably coming out of the convention fees. So who knows how much that convention costs? Because he was at that big hotel. Like the game chasers run Retropalooza. Like Jay runs that, and he goes to the cheapest places he can find, so he can make the money work better. Like this guy got the Crown Plaza. That's a big ass, expensive hotel. Mm-hmm. So I mean, he's been running conventions for over thirty years for a pinball side. So he just went with what he knows. But like for that small of a crowd that had to have been killer on him because he didn't sell enough tickets guaranteed yeah it was sparse times and i don't even know how much tickets were i think there were 10 bucks or 20 bucks or something that's it yeah yeah they weren't that expensive maybe they were really maybe good. they were 30 a day i don't know but free play that's really good but either way it was free play and you got to go to panels and yeah the one thing we didn't mention about friday's panel and saturday's panel so we got certificates of completion or appreciation for doing the panel, which I've never gotten. And they actually spelled appreciation right. The last one I got, <laughs> appreciation <laughs> was like butchered. <laughs> but on top of that, we got these like heavy giant diamonds with the convention's logo on it. Yeah, the classic like paperweight thing. Like, they're awesome, though. Yeah. Like, I'm going to take one to work or something. And put oh, they're it on really my nice. Desk. I was like, like it's super cool. Like, I was uh, impressed. Like, that's, like, the guy's a class act. Like, yeah, they went all out. Yeah. Holy like, crap. I didn't expect all that. No, no, not at all. It was like, oh, okay. I definitely kept kept it and everything like that. I got all my little. That's, that's the other thing, too. I have a little convention corner now where I like hang my little badges and stuff. Oh yeah, like I have all my badges hung by the window underneath the make tracks uh make tracks marquee. <laughs> it's just cool to like it's part of it all if you just look back and like this hobby got me here. Like because of my hobby I I did this, this and this. It's like so it's become something. That's what I love about it. It's it's super cool how things have progressed because we went from like having websites where we write about shit and having moderate success but like then the website thing dealy was costing a shit ton for the hosting to like going and just starting the podcast because we had long phone calls to because we had long analytical phone calls and we're like we need to fucking record this shit and then we just added on that and i fell into the book thing from because all the writing that we were doing i was just started writing for other websites and those other websites turn into publications and the publications turn into my own books 
and now my own books turn into crazy Kickstarter and turns into conventions and VGBS happens to go perfectly hand in hand with what we're doing. So we hit like multiple things. And I would say the coolest thing from this weekend, aside from that whole world record thing, which blew my mind, um, was on Friday after our panel, when one of the convention goers came over to us and goes, I didn't know you guys did VGBS podcast. I just started listening to you guys. Oh, and yeah. I was like, holy fuck. That was cool. Because we can't track, as a podcast, we can't track analytics. So the listeners aren't sitting there thumbs up and shit and leaving us reviews and commenting on our, on our posts. Like, we don't really know who listens on a week to week. We could have 10 listeners, we could have 1,000 listeners. I think we're getting up in the thousands now. I was like, yeah, don't don't bullshit us, man. Was it, did you like it or not? And he's like, yeah, I did. I did. I'm like, that's cool. Well, and a lot of people have been telling me that the name is genius. And I'm the, that's why we did the name, because we're like, we bullshit about games. Why not be VGBS? Like, yeah, and, and you know what it means already without even, it's like immediate. It's like AVGN. Yeah. We almost need to do a legitimate shirt release, like, with the quality that I was doing for the other shirts. Like, do, yeah. like, a super cool, like, mass, maybe have somebody draw it for us, maybe have Anthony draw it for us, and... Yeah, we need, a, like, a um, custom art next. Make it NES-style, however he wants to do it, but, like... You know, I I think so. I think that'll be fucking cool. Just have us proof it before he, like, finalizes it and stuff, yeah? Oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. But, um... Who knows, but I, I think the whole podcasting thing is fun as shit, and... You know, if we get to be invited to more conventions like this one, I mean, more power to it. The other thing is, I've noticed a lot of them are starting not to be free anymore, especially like the Jericho and the Austin ones. Like, oh, like people charging for their shit, like now. Like the newest ones you get, but then after like I don't know a dozen, let's say, then it's like premium for the archive. Oh, uh... and that's bullshit because, like, podcast should always be free. Like, I don't care. Yeah. That's the part, like, that will never change. That's what's great. Yeah, I mean, ours will just stay what it is, because, I mean, we're not greedy. We don't... We didn't do this to make money. We did this to bullshit about games. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just funny, because... And they have all the sponsors. Oh, yeah. They, they're making money off the sponsors. They're making money because it's them. They're making money off of everything. And I mean Jericho's and probably Austin's are now affiliated with WWE, so WWE's probably paying them to do it. I think that's probably why they did the premium thing. Yeah, that was actually a slip up I heard on Up Up Down Down, which is by Xavier Woods, who is in WWE. Is at the 2K17 launch, he was saying something, and, he, and then he said, "Yeah, I'm running this this uh, YouTube channel for WWE," and I'm like. Oops. Oh, so it's not for yourself, like you make it out to be. Yes. Like it's, he made it sound like it's for him, like. But no, no, he's doing this for WWE. Got it. <laughs> Smart man, caught ya. Yep. Yeah, I mean, our stuff is always gonna be grassroots, regardless of how big it gets. If we get hired on by some sponsor sometime, like we're still gonna do what we do. Like they're just, we'll just be on a different, we'll be on an extra website or something, like. Because, I mean, there are people that... I've, I've had crazy shit happen to me reached out for the, the book thing. So, VGBS will likely be the same.
those chronicles really are hitting people love the pictures yeah yeah i noticed like that shit's like flying off the shelves well the crazy thing about the chronicles is i'm killing pretty much the patreon because it's just not it's not cutting it because people are used to patreon as youtubers e-begging for money to help them you know make make videos and make it worth their while and and give them a couple bucks and then everybody thinks it's monthly too and i'm just doing a book subscription where i help pay for the print run and i only charge when the book comes out and i mean i every time like right now i'm under the goal to even do one and i still come out of pocket at 1500 like at 2000 is how much it costs for me to do both both the paperback and the hardback so i'm like I think I'm going to have to change it and just go straight to Kickstarter and keep it simple for everyone so you don't have to go to different websites and all that shit. You go to my, you go to HagensAlley.com, BGBSPodcast.com, same site, um, or Kickstarters. That's where I do the crowdfunding to do print runs. That, I mean, I'm just keeping it simple. That's conventions. People are, like, all over it, so. Oh, it's, it's insane at the conventions. Physically, it's it's perfect. It's just getting the people to know, yeah. Exactly, it's to get the people to know that you exist. Yeah. It's the same thing with the uh, Anthony shirts that he's doing, the Hero Gear ones that look badass. And it's like people need to know that he exists and what he's doing. In person, it works perfectly. Uh, online, it's tough because everyone's like, "Well, I want to pay twenty dollars for a shirt," but Anthony can't talk about how good a quality it is because he's not there when they click on the page. So that's where Kickstarter comes in for that stuff because you can spell it all out. And it'd be interesting. But yeah, that pretty much wrapped up the convention. The convention was amazing. I mean, I definitely would uh, would go back if Rob has it again, for sure. Oh, we shall. Well, anything local to Chicago is like a must-have for us, because you're local, and it's tough to get you to travel. <laughs> yeah, my job and everything. Exactly. Like, if you can get time off in October, you can go with me. We'll go down to Fort Walton Beach, Florida, because I got a nice convention out there. That's going to be a fun one. Out on the beaches. You don't like the heat anyway, so... Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have, to be, have to be Alaska for you. <laughs> Muggy, but... We'll see. Oh, yes. Nah, it's in a That's like in a few weeks in October. Like, it's the first or second week in October. Oh, okay. That's... Yeah, it's... Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, it's Emerald Coast Con. Like, yeah, I have... Coming up really soon is a video game con, which is, like, next week, which will be in the past when this airs. Um, then there's Emerald Coast Gone and Retro World Expo that's ran by RetroWare TV, and they're going to have, like, all the big YouTubers. Actually, a video game con next week has, like, all the big YouTubers, too. I didn't realize it. Um, they're going to a lot of places, too. I think they're getting on the convention bandwagon, all those guys. They're just getting invited everywhere. But after that's the Mecca, which is... Portland Retro Gaming Expo. It's the biggest one of the year. Um, everybody that is anybody is going to this one. I actually have a panel there, which Retro World Expo is the only convention that I don't have a panel this whole year, which is crazy. Yeah, that's true. You've had one pretty much every one that I've seen. Every convention I've been to. Um, Houston, they didn't have a panel, but I did commentary for some of their um, games because it was the Retro World series. They didn't do panels. But... um. Yeah, so with Portland, not only do I have a panel, but um, 
I'm going to be doing some commentary for the finals or semifinals with Chris Tang for the Tetris World Championships, which is super cool. Like, that'll be in the evening on a Sunday or something. Yeah, I'm not flying cool. out till Monday. Oh, Tang's awesome. Yeah. And he's <laughs> doing a new arcade game. I don't know if you know if you knew that. He's programming a new arcade game with some dudes, and it's called Strike Harbinger. And it looks awesome. It's a cool name. Well, like, he, like, worked and programmed for Sega back in the day. He worked on Gauntlet 4, Tang, after he did his cha- World Championship time. Um, and so, like, this is like a Sega-style arcade game. It looks awesome. Hangs a master. But yeah, so yes. that'll like, and then I have the, the one that put, that I went to last year, the only one I went to last year as an author, which was Retro Game Con in New York. I'm um, going to that one again. And that'll be it for the year. Heck, I'm getting offered other ones, though, because there's another one in Pittsburgh. Um, it's just called Retro Pittsburgh Retro Game Expo or something, and they want me to come out. Um, it's smaller, but... That's near the uh, Retrotainment dudes, so if they're down to drink that weekend, I might go out there just to talk shop with them about their little homebrew they're doing. Do they pay for the flight, or is that all you, like... Um, it depends, man. I've had pl- flights get paid for, but generally, I don't ask ever. So yeah. if they cover it, they cover it. If they don't, they don't, yeah. type thing. Um, next year, I am going to cut my budget down way back because there's certain conventions where I'm not able to cover my expenses. So if I, I think I'm going to do like, if I can't do the whole convention for 300 bucks before I sell any books before for 300 bucks, I'm not going to go next year. So that's going to limit me. Um, the exceptions will probably be uh, too many games I can do under 300 because I can split costs with people because like, like Nintendo age members go there. But um, Portland is going to be the one because that flight's going to be expensive, but we'll see how Portland goes this year. But um, if Portland goes as good as I think it's going to be, um, I'll go again next year, even if it costs more than three hundred. It just depends because I mean, there's been conventions where you know they told me they're going to pay for a hotel and they don't. <laughs> so then that's an extra expense on top of it, an extra few hundred bucks. And if they're a smaller convention and I don't sell as much on top of it, it's like all right. It's 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 tough to go to multiple ones at that point. So if I'm going to one, I wouldn't care as much. But when I'm going to a bunch, it's I gotta have a budget. So yeah, so yeah, there's nothing else I think local and Midwest for for you to travel out to. I mean, there's a bunch in indie though. Um, they're just not video game conventions. On your end, yes, you need the tour because you got your book. Like for me, it's not really like point. Well, it's just fun times. Unless I'm going to do a panel. Uh, but still, it, it's, it needs to be cheap because it's not like, you know, I'm making money or anything. Well, and the, and the thing for your aspect, which is the same thing as, like, a YouTuber, is that you got to pay for your expenses. Because you don't have, unless you bring, like, games like Pat the NES Punk does and sells games yeah. at the convention, like, you're going to, you know, you're going to have trouble going to multiple ones and that's understandable like if we ever do t-shirts and like vgbs like cds or like i know you're saying thumb drives or something like sell thumb drives like you sell a bunch of those and boom but like how big of a market is that at a convention none like nothing yeah i mean i figured there'd be some people online that'd be like hell yeah let me get 80 hours worth of fucking podcasting that i can throw on and listen to at my leisure it's free already yeah Exactly. It's never going to be paid. 
So you can just go online and listen to it. Probably download them even. Figure out a way, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I guarantee you there's a way. I mean, and the thing is, we're not going to lock it down. It's, you know, it's knowledge. You want to listen to it, great. Have fun. <laughs> exactly. But getting in some cool little box or something, you know, I don't know. Yeah, so I figure you should do it right now, but again, SNES and the NES aren't going anywhere, so you can pace it out after this year and just make sure you get your 300 deal. Flat fee, kind of like it's taken care of, and then you're good, man. Yeah, and I mean, that's what I'll just tell the guys running. I'll be like, hey, I loved going to your convention last year. Um, my budget is a lot tighter this year because I don't want to go over budget and not be able to go to conventions. So here it is. Because I had to cancel one this year, which was Game Sturdy Ones, which was unfortunate because it was over $1,000 for expenses. Plane ride to wherever, Arizona. Or <laughs> the, plane, the plane ride to Arizona was like six or $700 by itself. And if I went to L.A., it would have been cheaper. If I went anywhere else, it was cheaper. I was like, I don't know why it's so expensive. And I told you know, Gamestar, I was like, dude, I don't know why it's so expensive, but I can't afford it. And like initially, he was supposed to help me out with the um, hotel too. And then that kind of like he got more guests or something. And he ran out of budget money too. So it was like double whammy. It would have been a grand. And I'm like, ugh, <laughs> can't do it, man. Can't do it. So at 300 bucks though, I can also travel light. So, because at $500 or $600, I got to bring a box of books to sell. If I don't sell that whole box of books, I'm not able to read, I'm not able to do it. But at $300, I can pack the bottom of a suitcase with a roller and carry it onto the plane with me. And I can sell those books and cover my expenses. Done. That's the way to do it. And if I run out of books, people can go to the website and buy it online. Like, it's easy. Right. So, I mean, that's it, though. Madness. Easy to do. Once you got it figured out, you know. Oh, yes. Got it down to a science. Yeah. We probably should do the whole ending point. So, yeah, it was, it was great, man. It's, uh, it's uh, You never know what you're going to get, man. A box of chocolate. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Philo. Woo. Charles Moisson. <laughs> Hello, Philo. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, yeah. That's, that's right. So, we... Probably plug his. Uh, yes, we do. We need to plug Carlos Kickstarter. That's just hard. I don't know uh, if it'll be active by the time this comes out. Philo and, and Charles have a Kickstarter going covering um, Philo's fan projects that he does for people, which is some cool artwork. And he's offering a coloring book and a paperback book talking about them. So, looks really cool. Um,. We both want it to be like a chronology of his work and maybe his father's work in there for a quick bit. But the funniest part, though, funniest part of that whole thing is like I backed it, got the coloring book in the morning and I sent Kyle the link. And he's like, dude, the puppets. And I'm like, what? I didn't watch the video yet. And <laughs> it's like Charles has this puppet. It's like this crazy ass like living dead doll. And he just puts her in front of the camera and goes, hello, Philo. And he's like moving her really fast. <laughs> It's so hilarious, and it's awesome. It's like just shows you the demented mind of Charles D. Moissant. The madness. <laughs> the madman. Self-proclaimed king of horror. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, it was it was awesome, man. It was, it's, a, it's a really fun video. It talks about all the stuff he's done, which, ironically, we both learned that he did a lot of cartoons and TV cartoons back in the day. Like, the Super Friends. Like, what? Madness. Small world. Tiny world. 
so yeah, if it's if it's still running, like check it out. Um, I assume if it's fully funded, because he's not asking for a ton, he's asking for a, a meager amount. Um, that you'll be everybody listening will be able to buy the book. Like it should still be up for pre-order after the Kickstarter, so you'll still be able to support their awesome endeavor. So either way, you can check it out and hopefully get a commission from the master himself, Philo Barnhart. Yeah. Follow. Yeah. All right. Oh, um. So, so Kyle, I got a cool treat in the mail. Besides for the leather-bound tome sample for the complete NES, I did get that. Um, I got this thing. It's called Super Games 151 for the Nintendo. Weird. It's a red. It's a red cartridge. 150 unique games on it. Very weird. And when you power it up. It has a text-based list like CoinOps, and it has all the games have a screenshot huh. when you go through. It's, like, perfect for your bar. Like, it cost me, like, literally, like, 20 or $30 shipped. Came from, I think, China, so it took forever. But, like, I've seen people sell them at the conventions for, like, $80. Um, but, yeah, it's here. it has all the rarities on it and all the classics. Like, you mean... Power Blade 2 and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it was, it was made in 2015. Mm. Um, yeah, there's 150 games. So it has Rockman 1 through 6, the board game, Rockman Board. has Little Samson, Flintstones 2, Dragon Fighter. Um, Goonies 1's on there. Nice. Like, Turtles 1 and 2 and 3, Jackal, Gradius, Life Force, Herodias, Gunsmoke... Um, the Turtles fighting game, both, all three Contras, all the Marios, Dr. Mario, Mario Brothers, every single, um, Ruby City Ransom game, like the ice hockey game, the fighting game, basketball. all of them are on there. All the basketball. The basketball. That was great. Cas- Castlevania 1 and 2, but not 3, because 3 is the mapper, special mapper. Yeah, they can't do that one. Yeah. Ninja Crusaders, d- d- all three Double Dragons, all four Adventure Islands. G.I. Joe's, Robocops, Kirby's Adventure, Batman's, Nemo, Chippendale 1 and 2, freaking Tiny Toons, Kickmaster, P.O.W., Swordmaster, Power Blades. Freaking, this thing is insane, though. It has that little Mitsumi Gatoro, which is a platformer. Freaking Twin Bees, Lion King, Rekka's on here, Summer Carnival Rekka. Oh, nice. nice. Blaster Master, Gorilla War, a little Kovara time. Like, dude, there's... Yeah. Fuck tons. Racky Races, New Ghostbusters 2, Bucky O'Hare, Gun Knack, um, Gun Deck, which is a fucking racing game. Mm-hmm. Uh, a game called Warwolf, which I think is Werewolf. Uh, Banana oh, Prince. Yeah, it is. Banana Prince. Oh, I love that one. Yeah. Um, with Toki, Goonies 1 and 2, all the Donkey Kongs, Popeye, all the black box games, basically. Dig Dugs. Freaking Tetris 2, but not Tetris 1. That's interesting. And then, some, and then some light gun games at the end. like, And there's a ton more. Like, fucking crazy, man. And they all work perfectly. Like, And the, the cool thing is, though, it's like called Pocket Games 150 and 1. And, like, so when you look at them, though, like, there's little, like, small screenshots for every one. Just shows, like, Mario or... How you were doing your Xbox thing? This one is, like, there's just, like, a background picture, but, like, in a little corner, it's, like, Contra. Yeah, it's, like, a preview there. So, at least it shows you. So, I was thinking that I might put this in my arcade. I think that would be kind of cool to put that in the uh, the red tent. It seems to have all the, the, like, the really good games. 
Yeah, it has like pretty much every staple you'd want. Like the heavy hitters. So it's like a perfect for your arcade setup that you have in your house. Well, who's selling it? It's twenty bucks. I'll buy it. Oh yeah, just look it up. One fifty one in one. It's I. I think I just got it on some random Chinese website. I could send you the li- link or something. Yeah, send it to my American Bar account. Yeah, there's no um. I'll check it out at work tomorrow. Yeah, there's no reason not to get it. <laughs> like, it's, it's so cheap. Yeah, that was a few other things that I got. This dude was selling um, the TurboGrafx-16 light. It's this big um, glass light with um, vinyl printing of TurboGrafx-16 on it. So I plug it in and it lights up. Oh, that's cool. So is it like a sign? Yeah, like a big old... It's not gigantic, but it's like thick. It's awesome. Nice. It's a cool thing. Like... I think it's just some it's some custom thing he fucking made, and it's really cool. I mean, talented people. Small's better these days, cause yeah, yeah, running out of space. Oh, I'm I'm low, and the thing is, is that the shelf that I have my turbo on, I think it's too tall. Even though that's small, I think it's too tall for that shelf. So I gotta gotta come up with an idea. <laughs> Fun times, wiggling around, move some stuff around a little bit. Yeah, do the wiggle. Yeah, those those Famicom pins are fucking amazing though, and. I got the um, the Fabio Fabrico boxes from the Complete NES Project, the wood-burned ones. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, I gave the guy, there's one guy that bid the one the 750, and he chose the bigger box to the smaller one. Or no, he chose the smaller one to the bigger one. He wants the smaller box. So I gotta, I'm got i going to have the giant box cool. for the project. All right. Okay. Yeah, I'll give it a good home. All right. I'll give it a good home. <laughs> All good home. right. Good home. Good home. Good home. Good home. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like crazy shit that we pick up. Yeah, I think the only things I picked up was the same couple things that you got at the convention. And then I got the um, Where Were You in 82 uh, documentary that they had on the Twin Galaxies table. How much was that? It was 15. Pinball was 20. I was like, God damn. Yeah, I wish I would have got that because the guy packed up really early. I didn't pick it up. It looked like weird, though. It looked like bizarre. This one was called The Video Craze. Where Were You in 82? So. People on the back were like old like celebrities on that pinball one. Probably some like collector documentary that happened with the pinball community. I wanted to get it just to, to learn more about pinball. Like I don't know enough about it. Yeah. If it was fifteen I would have got it, man. It's just at twenty is too much. The thing was they also had Bad versus Snake there on the Twin Galaxies table and that wasn't there when you were there because Joel came late and then set up the next day. Um but Man vs Snake I bought online first. I pre ordered it with them. So I don't have it yet. But I could have got it last weekend and been watching it now. That's the irony. Man vs. Snake. So I like my little documentaries, though. Pretty cool. Oh, yeah. I'll be some docs. I'll be some docs. I don't think I've ever paid 20 bucks for a doc, though. Yeah. <laughs> for 20 it's got to be. like I think I paid like $4 for fucking King of Kong. Like it was it was like a dollar on, on Amazon with like shipping. Thank you for listening to VGBS. We appreciate everybody taking the time to get through this whole uh, arduous podcast. We love it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you want to correspond with us, you can email us at vgbspodcast at gmail.com. We also have a phone number. It is 262264VGBS. You can leave us a voicemail. Shoot us a text message. Um, whatever you want to do, correspond. Also, comment on us. Shoot us a message on Facebook, Twitter, Google+. We love hearing what people um, think about the podcast. All right, see you later. Woo! Later!